Breakups are often the symptom of problems in a relationship. My workbook series, The Knowledge, is focused on helping you change your life in four key areas. Retaining the information that I teach, personal growth, improving your relationships, and of course, reattracting your ex. Available now at AskCraig.net. Hi there, I'm Coach Craig Kenneth, and in today's video, I'm going to be talking to you about Am I Dating an Avoidant? Okay, so I know there are lots of new people that discover my channel every day and every week, and so the information can be very overwhelming. Obviously, Margaret and I get into a lot of the deep-rooted issues. Sometimes we get on very basic surface-level stuff, but we often explore what I like to call the deep end of the pool. And somewhere kind of in the middle of that is where I talk about attachment theory, attachment styles. Okay, this is a very relatively new idea in psychology. And many of the therapists even today have no understanding of this stuff yet. It's only just starting to get to the forefront of what therapists, psychologists, psychiatrists are starting to look at. Um, in fact, the big conference last year, uh, attachment theory was a huge component of it. And I think really the, the main focus of the whole conference. So I've been studying this for quite some time now. And one of the things that I do and Margaret do is we look at attachment when we're trying to figure out a breakup. Because you have to understand attachment if you're going to understand anything about a breakup, right? Because attachment is the very essence of love, right? It's together. It's hand in hand. And not everybody attaches the same way. Now, if you're new to the channel, you may still be just starting to understand this stuff, but really, the first two to three years of our life are the absolute most critical. And I don't care what anybody believes, I'm telling you, the research is showing it more and more, and even they're getting to the point where they can literally show uh, brain activity in development and the, based on uh, the level of attention and um, the quality of the relationship that we have in our, with our parents in those first couple of years literally affects brain development. And I was just watching a video last week that was really interesting. You could actually see it happening. So, the level of attention that they gave you and their emotional response to you in those first years are really, really critical, and they have a direct correlation to how we are in our adult romantic relationships. Now, I was very skeptical about this for a long time, and even Margaret will tell you I used to argue with her about this. I just didn't see it, and the more and more I looked at it for years, the more I realized it's absolutely true. And so, there are you know, different attachment styles. Obviously, the healthiest one is called secure attachment. And those are for the people that got a lot of love and attention, their needs were met, and so you feel secure in your relationship. 
There's a lot of differences at about the amount of um, statistics out there on who's secure, who's insecure. I don't know. My personal feeling is I probably feel like less than 50% of the population has a real secure attachment style. Now, if you're not secure, that means you're insecure, okay? And I know some of you are like, wait, what are you talking about? This is absolutely critical to understanding not only yourself, but your partner. Because many of you out there watching this um, have had attachment injuries, have had attachment trauma in your childhood. Could have been a loss of a, a parent, maybe an early divorce, maybe you were raised by grandparents. A lot of those things impact us on a deep level. And so you might have an insecure attachment where maybe you're anxious and you're always afraid of abandonment. Or maybe you're avoidant and you don't like closeness or connection. And so today I'm going to be talking a little bit about the avoidant attachment style, okay? Because there's a very good chance that you have dated an avoidant, either your current ex or a previous ex. And you have to understand them because if you're anxious, they're probably very different from you in many ways, okay? The, the person with the avoidant attachment style often feels uh, smothered or trapped in a relationship. And so you're looking for that connection and that love and that feeling of togetherness and that feeling makes them feel uncomfortable. Okay? It seems bizarre, but for them it's just too intense. Not everybody likes the same level of intensity in a relationship, okay? And one of the things that I've considered doing is maybe coming out with um, some kind of class or uh, digital class about to get into more of this with worksheets or workbooks. Um, so if you guys are interested in Margaret and I developing something like that, make sure you leave comments, something really in-depth to help you guys um, because it would it would be something different than what we do with in the videos. Now, when you start to learn about attachment theory, you're often sitting back there thinking, I don't know what my partner is. I don't know if they're anxious and I don't know if they're avoiding yet. It takes time and that's one of those things that we talk about in the Skype and I can help clear that up for you because when you're going through a breakup, everything can be confusing, right? I mean, you're just so overwhelmed. Um, and it's very difficult to, to think clearly. So when we talk about your relationship, I can get into more of those things with you. Uh, today I got a situation where I've got somebody that realized after they sent me the email that maybe they're dating an avoidant. And let's take a closer look at it and see what's going on here. Now, the guy in this email is 40 years old. Okay? And the girl is only 20. Now, sometimes age doesn't matter, right? Sometimes it really doesn't. But sometimes it does. And when we're looking at a difference of a 20-year-old and a 40-year-old, there's a lot of major uh, differences here, okay? Because when you're 20 years old, you're barely out of college. When you're 40, I mean, many people when they're 40 have already been married and have kids. 
So that's a big difference. Um, you know, if it's a 30-year-old and a 50-year-old, I think there's not quite as many uh, differences there, right? Because 20 and 30, you've had a lot more life experiences. You've gone out, you've been into the workforce, you've maybe gone to college, you've had a lot of long-term relationships, whereas when you're only 20, you really haven't dated many people or had many long-term relationships, right? I mean, it just makes sense. So, 40 and 20 is a big age gap. But I think there are other things going on here that have just as important of an impact to this situation, okay? Now, they dated for, it looks like, about um, eight months or so. And he said that he is a photographer. And he actually sent me some of his work to look at, and it was really interesting stuff. Um, and he seemed to be really proud of it. Like, it's not, like, smutty stuff. It was, like, um, artistic. So he seemed really proud of that kind of stuff. And that's, I guess, how he met her, is doing... Uh, the, her photography. He was telling me a little bit about her and he said that she uh, was raised or her parents were divorced when she was seven years old. Uh, her father left the family so that would have a big impact. Her mother raised five kids by herself and that is quite a challenge. Can you imagine raising five kids by yourself? That would be an incredible amount of work and what level of attention can you really give your kids if there's five of them and one of you because if there's one of you it's hard enough just to take care of their food their cooking the cleaning um and basic you know running of the household let alone giving individual attention right so he goes on to say she knew we had an age gap from the beginning obviously how could she not <laughs> but said it didn't bother her and at the time, it probably didn't. Ironically, at the end, she said she wouldn't know how to introduce me to her family and we should end the relationship when we still loved each other. Well, that would be really frustrating because she seemed up front and uh, to be okay with things from the get-go. And now all of a sudden she's saying, I don't know if I can introduce you to my family. And you're like, but wait a minute, you said this was okay. So that would really hurt and it would be really confusing too. He goes on to say that when she broke up with him, he was calm. I told her that we couldn't be friends and to reach out to me if she changed her mind. So he handled that part well, right? He wasn't going to agree to just being friends when he didn't want that. He said that the two biggest problems in the relationship were when we were dating, she didn't hold my hand in public. I couldn't call her, I could only text her. She didn't kiss me on the lips, and we didn't have any sexual intercourse. Okay, that's a lot. That is a lot right there, okay? Okay, some people don't like holding hands in public. Maybe that bothers you, maybe it wouldn't. It really wouldn't bother me. Um, oh, I couldn't call her on the phone. Now that's starting to seem a little bit more unreasonable, isn't it? You can't pick up the phone and call somebody if you need to talk to them. And, and he makes it seem like a rule, too. Text only, right? Not like she preferred it. It was only. She didn't kiss me on the lips. Okay. 
Now we're getting a little bit more uh, intense here in these demands. And now, so no sexual intercourse. So this doesn't really seem like dating, does it? I mean, this seems like slightly more than platonic. I mean, what? how is this uh, a relationship if, you know, there's no kind of intimacy, no hand-holding, no kissing, no sex? What would be the point uh, of getting in an exclusive relationship with somebody who's absolutely showing no refusal to meet your needs, right? I mean, because this is pretty extreme right here. I wouldn't get into this situation. There's no way I'd get into this situation. And it's not like they were only dating for a couple months where she's like, take it slow. They were together for, it seems like, about eight months or so, and she's just not wanting to do it. So these all add up for me to signs of an avoidant attachment style, and an extreme one at that, right? I mean, because usually avoidants like to have sex. Um, sometimes they don't like to kiss or hold hands, but, I mean, um, you know, this is more towards the extreme end. She never introduced me to her friends. When we broke up, she said she couldn't love me the way I expect. And I think that's probably true for her, that she knows you are looking for more commitment, more intimacy, and she knows that she can't give you what she want or you want. And, um, you know, Everything is adding up here that she has an avoidant attachment style. And the degree that she is with you, she's not meeting your needs. Uh, so he said that he had insecurity because he could only text her and he didn't feel the anxiety was his fault. Well, I mean, you can't really blame her for your anxiety, but um, it's certainly... Uh, magnified by her rules and and her expectations in this relationship. Now he said the last woman he dated was in 2009. So uh, what have you been doing for the last nine years that you haven't dated anybody? I mean, sounds like something's going on with you that you don't have any kind of social dating life. I mean, you know, nine years is pretty long not to have dated, or uh, I guess it was eight years, you know, because this has been a while since you broke up, right? And when you were dating her. The question is, it's been over a month after no contact. I basically don't keep any hope of her coming back, although I know I will take her back if she wants to be back. At the same time, the serious business perspective of me tells myself that when people can walk away from me, let them walk. Is it that I don't let go because I'm afraid to admit that I've made a mistake? I was very cautious, and how come I still made myself end up like this? Please help me solve this dilemma so I don't be haunted by the question every day. I don't think English is his first language, and you can see it when he gets more into like the paragraph form. It's kind of uh, broken up like this, but that's okay. Um, I think he's afraid that he made a mistake here. Did he do something wrong? He doesn't want to keep making these mistakes that he feels like maybe that's why he's ending up in these situations. Well, 
he feels like he's haunted by it too. Um, the thing is, is that I'm sure your anxiety was causing you to put pressure on the situation, but what she was giving you for a exclusive commitment was, I think, unreasonably low. I mean, you no phone calls, no holding hands in public, no kissing, no sex, no introducing you to friends. I mean, all of those things things are, I think, fairly well accepted in a relationship, and she wasn't giving you any of those. So, of course, it's going to trigger your anxiety because you're not really going to feel like she's in it. She's not really invested. She's not really committed to the relationship. And I think, to a large uh, extent, you're right. And I don't know if she can do those things. I mean, you could have been perfect with this girl and she might not have been giving you any of those other things. And you can't ignore what you're looking for in a relationship, right? There are many of you out there that have an anxious attachment style and are realizing that you were dating an avoidant. Can you make that work? Of course you can. But part of it is understanding that they are different from you when it comes to attachment and that the level of intimacy that you need is going to be different from what they need. Now, it's always going to be a struggle to find somebody with that balance because we tend to be attracted to people that are very different from us because our brain likes the challenge. Our brain likes that for some reason. Um, we are attracted to people that uh, force us to grow in many cases. Uh, and we like to be in contrast. It's almost like the yin and the yang, right? Where we like, we tend to, if you're an introvert, you tend to date an extrovert. And if you're uh, frugal, maybe you like to date somebody who's extravagant and spends their money. I don't know why, but it's almost like the universe wants us to be whole as a couple. When And so you'll find that you might be attracted to people that are very different from you. And it's not easy to accept it at times. But you have to find balance. So dating an avoidant is not an impossible task. But it might be a struggle for you to maintain your anxiety in the relationship. It takes time and effort to do that. And you have to learn. You have to really work on yourself. And you have to grow. You have to do a level of internal growth that you may have never done before. This is exactly why I released workbooks and I'm considering things like, um, you know, a class or, uh, you know, something, different ways to help you guys in this area. It's, it's, it's a challenge, right? It really is. And, you know, um, in this situation, we've got an extreme avoidant because she's not giving you many of the romantic needs that you're looking for and you have to be able to look at a situation and say is this going to make me happy um if that if they don't change if they're not willing to negotiate here and give me sex or kissing or these other things can you live with that every person is different you might not need those things that's up to you <laughs> i'm not here to judge 
Um, but I think most of you do want all of those things in a romantic relationship, and it's perfectly understandable. So, if this woman isn't going to give you those things, there's no way you should enter a monogamous relationship with her, because that would mean all of your needs are supposed to be met by her, and she's not willing to do it. And you're just going to be the one to suffer, not her, right? Because she's going to be getting things on her terms. So, um, understanding the attachment styles and how different they are is very helpful in understanding why your relationship may have failed or may, why may it, maybe it's struggling right now. And it can really help you understand not only yourself, but your partners, your friends, your family, your bosses. You'll see it in everybody that you know. Okay, it's really, really interesting stuff. And I have tons of video on it. In fact, I have a whole playlist called Understanding Attachment Styles, Traumas, and Injuries. And there's over 80 videos in that. Um, so, if you want to talk to me about attachment styles and attachment, I'll be happy to do that in our Skype sessions. Of course, my workbook goes through videos on attachment and a lot of questions on the attachment stuff to help you grow in those areas too. And if you want to get my help personally, just go to my website, askcraig.net, sign up for the coaching option that works best for you. I do email coaching, I do Skype coaching, and if you got to get with me right away, I do offer emergency Skype coaching. You subscribe to my channel and add me on Twitter, just search Ask Craig Kenneth on Twitter. But that's it for this video. I'm Coach Craig Kenneth, and I will talk with you soon. I'm Craig Kenneth, a relationship coach and a psychotherapist. Every relationship is different, and every breakup is different. Work with me, and you'll get professional help on your situation. Just click on the link in the description below or go to my website, AskCraig.net.